Hi guys, this is Salman Qureshi. Welcome back to the Expat Brat. Dun, dun, dun. I could never, I don't have a strong breath, so I can't like hold these tunes. And it's a really, you know, one of the reasons I did not become a musician. I always wanted to be a singer. Anyone out there who wanted to be a singer but just was terrible at it? I'm I'm one of those people who are conscious of my shortcomings and uh, I was very conscious that my singing abilities are terrible and I tried even taking a few classes but you know <laughs> the teacher's really nice she just always kind of went oh you know you're um you you really your voice is really nice and you can do this but I just hear myself and go no eh, you just want my money so I just keep coming back to you don't you that's a little too smart for my own good. I wish I wasn't, and so I would just plow through. And who knows, maybe I'd find a way to sing well, and then I'd be a good singer and whatnot. But I was too, uh, I was just too clever for my own good, I think. The world has missed out on a huge rock star because the rock star was too intelligent. Yeah, that's the story I'm sticking to. More stories to come in this podcast. Um, for those of you who've been listening to me for all the many podcasts I've released... Uh, to my millions of listeners, <laughs> you know that I like to talk a lot about my early childhood in Saudi um, and also about um, other stuff from my childhood in uh, in Saudi Arabia and uh, some more stories from my later childhood in Saudi Arabia. I link a lot of stuff to that, but uh, I, I reach out to a lot of expats. My point is um, is to talk to a lot of expats. We expats, uh, kids uh, who've grown up in countries away from their home and, and are kind of have no real home. A lot of kids in the Middle East are like that, like myself and so many more. And I'm sure there are many more like that around the world. And if you are one, uh, get in touch. I'm not sure why I want you to get in touch with me, but maybe I want to share your stories. Maybe I want to hear your stories and see whether we have some common, you know, just common experiences and, and whatnot. Maybe we'll be the best of pen pals. Pen pals. Do people use that word, pen pals? Because you can't... Well, unless I was like using my Apple pen to write my notes on the iPad to send you. I We could be pen pals. I guess that makes us pen pals. So there you go. Some forms of, uh, some art forms do not die. You're welcome, my friends. There's going to be a little less of Saudi and a little bit more of something else this week. I'm from the subcontinent and uh, I'm a little annoyed because uh, today I found out well, not today. A few days ago, I found out about how the Indian government has changed the name of this town called Elhabad to something called Prayag Raj, right? For my white folks who are listening, that both names are just as hard to pronounce. Uh, but for me, the second one is even harder. I don't know why. Maybe it's just new. I don't know. But what does that have to do with me? Well, spoiler. Well, it's not a spoiler because I'm going to, that's all I have. That's the only thing I'm going to be talking about today. Is that the meaning of a spoiler? I'm just wandering in my head in all kinds of directions today. But but spoiler <laughs> not a spoiler. The reason it's it's linked to me and my life is because my mom is from that town. Her family history, she grew up in this town called Ilhabad. Uh, it's pronounced as if Allah Bad, which is kind of a joke. I guess the Hindus should have just kept it because kind of, if you look at the spelling, it says Allah Bad. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. Well, maybe they just maybe they didn't appreciate this joke and 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 they said let's change the name. But she's from there. She grew up there. She studied there in her early childhood and and so on. So you know, uh, we still have family there. I've actually 
uh, it's one of the few places in India I've visited. So, you know, I've, I've gotten to see uh, where my mom was and her family was from. And it was nice. And now they've gone ahead and changed the name. The reason they've changed the name is because it's a... Uh, the government at the moment is a, quite a strong Hindu right-wing kind of ideologistic party. And they are insistent on renaming anything from the Mughal era. Anything that sounds Muslim or not Hindu essentially and and so it's quite quite bad right now they're sort of stuck with like a trump like government and, and and so there's a lot of problems there in fact they elected this government before trump came into power so technically the americans have copied the indians this time yeah and and so it's upsetting because this town has been renamed and you know i know shakespeare said what's in a name but it it bugs me it's sad it reminds me of stories of my uh, mom's side of the family telling me stories about the town and where they grew up in and now I have to refer to it as a different name. Well, I'm I'm not going to refer to it as a different name, but it will be like that for the future generations. And it's and so I guess in order to pay tribute to this town called Elabad, I thought I'd share a couple of stories that are quite favorites of my own. They're not about me, they're not even about my parents, my mom who grew up there. It's about her eldest brother. Uh, his name was Shamim, so Shamim uncle. He passed away in his 80s. Coolest, one of the coolest people I've ever known. He just, he was eccentric, and he was just this guy full of life, and really just would do things and get out there. Just to paint you a picture of him, he he. <laughs> I remember as a kid walking in his room, and he'd be upside down. His morning routine was to do headstands in his underwear so he just first thing he's just standing upside down and then he's like that's his morning ritual it was his exercise and he's doing his stretches and and that's how i knew he he would always be apart from his underwear morning routine he'd be impeccably dressed all the time and uh to the point where i saw him ironing his uh, socks as well <laughs> he was very particular about appearances but very cool guy and and from the stories i've heard about him he was just really out there and wanted to live every moment and, and and so an inspiration for me but more than anything he had a real great sense of humor I, I think that's very important for people to live good lives is to have a sense of humor how do you get out of this you know life without not having a sense of humor he's a tallish guy towards the end of his life he had this kind of a comb over which we made fun of but he was very proud of and i think uh his confidence just overshadowed any silliness like that. And he, he so he grew up uh, in India in his early years and then went to England uh, and he worked for PIA as a Pakistan International Airlines back when it was actually a, a great airlines and he was an engineer, did well for himself. And, and like I said, like, you know, he really just achieved a lot in his in his life. Great guy. But his childhood stories are all about how naughty and crazy he was. He'd do the craziest shit. Like a very quick one is in, in Allahabad, you, his hometown, my mom's hometown, you have different little districts, uh, little little towns that combine to make the town. And he get into fights with the other kids from the other town. And one of the stories I heard was he was at this other place and him and his friend decided to pee into their drinking well. <laughs> I know it sounds bad. But the the kids couldn't stop because they got into a fight. And he's like, well, you know what? Here you go. And he pisses into their drinking water. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and it really pissed off the other town kids. But they couldn't do anything. Like, how do you stop someone from peeing you? They couldn't put their hands there to stop him from peeing into it. So that's the kind of guy he was, just like really out there. 
And, you know, he, like my mom describes him very daring. He'd just walk on the edge of the balcony on, you know, like just, just run around the edges because he, he just didn't have any fear. So one of the stories I have, the other shorter story I have is like, now my grandfather was apparently a really strict person. He was a professor at a university and, and you know, he was all about discipline and whatnot. As a Shamim uncle, he'd sneak out at night and just go out and have fun, hang out with friends, and then come back. And one of the nights he came back, my grandfather was on to him, so he was waiting upstairs. He would he would climb down his window on a pipe and and then head off and come back. Now, in these small towns, the, sec- the way security works is they're like there's this guy who walks around, and he's known as the... You know, he's just walking around at night to make sure no one's jumping into someone's house and whatnot. Sort of like the neighborhood petrol. He's walking along. Shamim, uncle, returns back from his uh, adventures. He's climbing the pipe back up. My grandfather's aware this is happening. He stands at the window and he confronts him goes, Come on up. We're going to talk tonight. (laughs) And Shamim, uncle, goes, Shit, I got to run. He starts descending pipe only for the neighborhood town, uh, the neighborhood watch guy coming below and going hey who who are you because he saw this ruckus he heard the ruckus and he's seeing this kid climbing up a pipe he's like who are you so now he's stuck on the pipe between the window and the ground floor not knowing what to do <laughs> he the night guards like screaming at him to come down my grandfather's like come up and i think that went on for a couple of minutes and then my grandfather kind of changed his tune a little bit his ta- his his methodology and he started uh, telling uncle shamim to okay look i'm not angry i just want to talk to you there's no point in you hanging on in the middle of a pipe in the middle of the night so just come up we'll talk don't worry about anything and finally he convinced him to walk up uh, climb up into the bedroom his own bedroom and from what i hear he went back on his word and totally whacked him around a little bit for that for that behavior but that's shamim uncle that that's his stories that's there's the kind of guy he was it didn't stop him from not doing again something again the following day and that leads me to like one of the longer stories this this was this you know this one just always cracks me up and i hope i do justice to the story because it's actually his brothers my other uncles who who tell it and the way they tell it it's it just leaves me rolling on the floor properly laughing it's like a stand-up bit they do so i'm i'm just going to try repeating it but they obviously tell me the story in order to and i'm translating it to english so uh, you might miss out on the humor but hey if you had anything better to do would you be listening to me right now no right so keep listening so this story this is in an era where sugar was an expensive commodity hard to get by hard to get and expensive and whatnot so Everyone was very careful about their sugar. Shamim uncle made a deal with the local, the sweet confectionery guy that he'll supply him with some sugar in exchange for some finished mitai. Mitai are like these kind of sweets that you get in India and Pakistan. I, I think mitai is the word for, uh, for sweets. So there are different types in, within them. And so he had this great deal. The way, the, the place he was sourcing the sugar was the next door neighbors. He would climb onto his roof, jump across, and that guy's storeroom was kind of built on the rooftop. He steals some sugar, go back to his house, go to the guy, the confectionery guy, uh, and have his sweets, right? Great deal. was going great for him. One day, one day it just so happened that the neighbor uh, happened to mention it to his grandfather, uncle, my grandfather, that, you know, I feel like someone's stealing my sugar. I don't know when and how and what. So it was kind of on the back of my grandfather's my, uh, mind. Anyway, a few days later, they have some guests over. And my grandfather, he calls Shamim uncle and he goes, listen, Shamim, 
we're we're gonna go over to the confectionery get some sweets for the guests that are coming. So they head off, they enter the store, and this is the bit that <laughs> makes me laugh the most. The confectionery guy apparently was one-eyed, right? No, I'm not laughing at his. It's the mistake that happens because of this. It's uh, he's one-eyed, so he doesn't notice. Shamim uncle is with my with his dad with my grandfather they walk in and he just goes hey Shamim haven't seen you in a few days where's my sh- when's the next supply of sugar coming <laughs> my grandfather puts two and two together about what's happening and trashes him for stealing sugar from the neighbor for this thing and and that's that's the end of the story but that bit just makes me laugh every time I picture it about getting busted because because of this situation <laughs> And, and those are just some of the stories of Shami Uncle uh, and his life in Ilhabad, which now will have to be retold with a different town name. I don't know how that's supposed to happen. And, um, and I miss him. And uh, there are loads of other stories about him, but these were some of my favorites. I like, I like uh, talking about old stories like that. And, and so this time it was, you know what, what I do think about when I think about him and then my own generation and maybe the new generation is like, there are not enough crazy kids out here, especially in the Middle East. We're, we're really soft. We grew up really soft. Uh, I feel like some of the kids are soft. They wouldn't dare do some of the things he did. And he did it out of fun. And he got in a lot of trouble all the time. He got trashed around quite a bit. And, and maybe it's nicer the way we raise kids now and they're safer and whatnot. But I also feel like he also developed into this great guy feel like some of it was because he wasn't scared to try things and do things and he even if it was the right or wrong thing like he was trying to i'm not asking you to murder someone see how that feels and how your life changes but you know on the borderline you got to risk take some risks and that art might get lost with some kids who you know overly protected something i feel i i i had a problem with as well and I'm sure there are still kids out there who are crazy and do all kinds of nonsense. But there was more patience with these kids as well. They get trashed, but but they wouldn't they wouldn't it wasn't thought of as like a lost cause or something with these kids. And uh, and so sometimes I miss hearing stories like that about. Uh, I wouldn't mind listening to some of the kids around me, my nephews and nieces, trying something crazy as long as they don't get hurt and they just learn and get fool around. Why not, right? Share your thoughts with me about what you think. Um, I'm practicing an awkward accent. It's, it's, I didn't really commit to what kind of accent I was going to do, so now it's just awkward. Hey, all right, so that's me and some of my stories. Well, not my stories, some of my family stories this time. I hope you enjoyed some of them. If you didn't, screw you. And if you did, uh, share some comments about uh, your own experiences with your family. I'm going to speak to you guys soon again. Ciao.